911, what's your emergency? In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. She was kidnapped when she was five years old. We legally murder human beings. On death certificates of prisoners executed by the state, the cause of death is listed as homicide. Hi. Hi. Hot uh, how are tells you? from Hot Mess Moms. Hot tells from Hot Mess Moms. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you <laughs> on a Hot Mess Monday. Absolutely. Clearly. Hot tells. We've got some hot asses in here. Also, um, if you hear children, guess what? We're moms. We have children. Hot so. Mess Moms. Sometimes. Sometimes. Time. Yeah. Sometimes sessions need to be placed in strategic spots. You know? <laughs> with children <laughs> 10 feet away. A very uh, hot, a hot place. Generally, yes. we've got kind of a wannabe studio space, but realistically, we don't right now. No. So we do what we can. Anyways, welcome. Happy Tales Day. Uh, um, part two of where we left off last week. Making a murder. Let's go right into it, just so that... <laughs> right? Yes. Um, so we don't lose you, because you guys know how much I just fucking talk. Um, it's but I true. hope you guys have all been amazing. School started with us recently, literally this last week. So if that your eyes are in that boat or coming up on that boat, I hope it's going well. But I'm I'm ready for it. It's perfect. I'm like I have the same exact schedule as my child. That's all the work I have to do. Except for don't forget it's home. half day all week next oh, week. No, so, yeah, for <clears throat> sure. But in general, and then I get to come home. You and know, I have evenings at home. It it's was like, so what? weird though how they started it like on a Thursday and then a Friday half day, and then next week they all get out. Early, yeah, for you know testing, what I mean. Anyways, yeah. But they have to have the certain amount. I'm like, so do they have to have a certain amount of days? But like a half a day counts as a whole day on their schedule. Is that how it works? As long as they go to school that that day for a certain period of time or there, it counts as a school day. You know how they are like that? Like mm-hmm. they had to start so early or start that specific day so they could get out because they have to be in school for. I'm so not many sure days. how it works here. But I wonder if they just count even a half a day. I'm sure. They yes. Do. Yeah. So, yes. You know yeah. Yeah. They mean? do. Which is fine, but it's just like okay. At least whatever. did you did. Did your school also make the change of, so early out Fridays used to be at 115 oh. and now it's at 12. I yes. think that's all Washington y- County. And we is, have no Mondays yeah. off anymore. Yeah. Cause no we used to have Mondays random off Mondays off. and early out Mondays yeah, yeah. that were so dumb. I so hated that. So Monday through that. Thursday, regular Fridays, nine, eight fifty five, whatever to, mm-hmm. to noon at our school. Yeah. So yeah. 55 to three thirty during Monday through Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, but it's been. Oh, it's great. Like, yep, drop them off, go to work, have to leave work. Peace out, bitches. Oh, it's so nice leaving late, like <laughs> three o'clock. So. <laughs> I love it. Anyways. All right. Making a murderer. Stephen Avery. Brennan Avery is his Dessie. nephew. Dassey. Oh, excuse me. I always do that. Yeah. Dassey, who are, where we left off last week was they were both found guilty of like all kinds of things, murder, rape. Body this, body that of Teresa Halbach. Um, so I was just going to recap just a little bit of kind of how it went down. So Teresa Halbach um, went out to the Avery's property on October 31st. This is the this is the recap. On Halloween. Which is technically the day yeah. she went missing. But it wasn't until November 3rd, so three into the fourth day basically, that she was reported by her colleague at work that she's basically missing. Mm-hmm. So that's how that starts. Um, by November 7th, so the third she's reported missing. By the 7th, the... Um, oh, rewind. I'm sorry. I wrote down the 7th. It wasn't. It was by the 5th. By the 5th, her boyfriend, friend, ex basically ex-boyfriend, friend, and then the roommate that she lived with, the other guy, had already put together like a whole thing, missing missing persons photos, everything like that. Already been putting them all around. Um, met at Avery's property. Mm-hmm. They found her vehicle that day on the property. Um, so this is happening kind of fast. And then by the um, 8th, so the 5th was like a Friday. The 5th was like a Friday. That was weird. That's so weird. 
He did say one time we would lose. Okay. Sound yeah. in the left. Start over too. Okay, you guys need to be quiet. Start over with the fifth was I'll a Friday. So from what I remember, the so yeah, the fifth is a Friday, and then by November eighth, so you got three more days after that, um, and they had been doing investigations now on just the Avery property by this point every single day. So realistically, the yeah, I, I guess I don't need to get into the details of it because you can listen to last week's episode of how it kind of went down. But you know, it's which like, was so stupid. It's basically like her family decides that they get to get her phone records, they get to do this, they get to do that, they make the missing party whatever they go searching they find her car on his property and then from there on out they don't look at anybody else whatsoever besides Stephen avery they're at his house every day they're going back and doing his trailer only they never searched anybody else's trailer there it was only his garage anyway so it just starts out that way but then her key to the car is found in his in his house in on his the room in his room, which had been checked before. It's all on video. Right. And Every, it's like, how do you not? Yeah. And how do you the, miss that? Yeah. And then, so, and then, so that, that was kind of like how it went. And then they basically just found stupid shit, which we're going to go over again because technically, um, there's a new lawyer that yes, took the new over lawyer. Stephen Avery's case. She's a pro boner. Her name's Kathleen. Did um, you say pro boner? Pro, pro bono. <laughs> okay, so Kathleen is great though because she's solved. She has like gotten 17, 17 convictions yeah. overturned. <laughs> she pretty much tells her guys like, listen, if you think you say you're innocent, you better be innocent because I yeah. will turn over every stone. Oh, and yeah. she plays no games. Yes. She does it to every piece of in evidence that the prosecution had she pretty much takes and yeah proves or disproves it yeah it's kathleen uh, zellner and yeah she she even says she's like i look at who did it i try to find who did it and most prosecutors don't work that way or most def- whoever she's like you usually just try to find a story and make up a story so that it's you know believable basically it's called a denny's law which we'll go over to with you know, having um, as many suspects as you possibly can in order to prove one's innocence. Right. But she goes from a different route. Yeah, 17 exonerations that she has had for people who have been found guilty of really bad crimes and murders and stuff and that were innocent. It's crazy. Um, Okay, so she's already taken over. So we'll talk a little bit more about evidence found, but that's the basis of it. And then... It was because there was some blood found in her car, Stephen, so they say, and this and that. And then her body was found burned in a few places on Stephen's property, as they said. Basically, all these things that were told in the story that was told basically found Stephen and his nephew, Brennan, uh, guilty of murdering Teresa Hall. Mm-hmm. So you actually have like 10 years later that they have been, the Innocence Project has been trying to help Brennan get out. And then you now have Kathleen that decides to take on Avery's case. Avery's tried to do his own appeals and do his own things, and it didn't work out. So, um, basically, like, December, well, it was a little bit before that. 2016 is where we're at when she starts kind of going over stuff. Um, She has, um, there's a few things. So, she goes back over every little step of the way, too, right? She goes over, um, she starts with the roommate, and the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She starts with them right off right. the bat. And, you know, there's just weird things that are going on with the fact that she lived with the guy, the roommate, and they were all friends still. And she was friends with her ex. And as of the time that she was missing, before she was even reported, apparently, he was already staying at her house, like in her bedroom with that other roommate. And huh. so, like, he's already moved into her house. So they start pinpointing towards other people giving other suspects right there's this whole denny's law where you should have five other suspects to be able to prove you know be like hey there's these five different people and you have a really 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 strong case that like there's somebody any one of them could have done this right so she starts out with them but she also is able to get eight pieces of evidence from the Manitowoc County place that has held all this evidence from the case to be able to do her own specific testing. Now, here's the other thing. She does testing literally as if she's telling the prosecution's story. So their whole crazy-ass fucking story about... About the blood spatter in so, the back of yeah, the car. She got, so, oh, yeah. well, no, all <laughs> the of swab even, they took off the well, hood latch. But before that, it's like the whole story, the whole thing about that creepy fucking Kratz who he makes up his own horrendous fantasy about a woman because that's how who he is about how she walks in there. They pull her back to the back room. He's had her all tied up. 
they uh, handcuffed to so the bed. Handcuffed to the bed. Well, sexually, I mean, in detail, graphic detail, he's selling. They sexually assault her. They then slit her throat back and forth. She's still breathing. Then they stab her. Then they realize her stomach's not moving anymore. This is what Brennan's whole thing was. Apparently, this came out of Brennan's mouth, and this is what happened. And then they're take, they're undoing her. They're both they have her by the arms and legs, and they're taking her out to the bonfire. And then that's where he shot her in the head. And then they burn her body. Okay, that's like what the Brennan's main story was, and that's what they came up with. And the whole garage thing about her being shot in the garage came up a little bit later anyways, which is a whole other crock of shit. It's yeah, like, and I'm saying they went over every single that, piece that in that's there. Not what, then they dragged her out to the garage, and that's where mm-hmm. they officially shot her in there, and then they burned her body. But so, so all these things. But they're able to get basically like carpet fiber, like carpet from the car. They've got a whole, yeah, so the swabs, like Amanda said. So they're able to get their hands on like the hood latch, a CD. They found out that there's a CD. Um, a CD case that had some DNA on it. There's also another CD thing uh, that we're going to talk about, but a CD case that has some sort of a DNA evidence, the keys. Um, and they were able to get like a little vial of blood and stuff like that. So anyway, so she's, she's getting all these pieces of evidence so that she can start trying to prove Steven's case. Now during this, Brendan, they are able to get his, cause I don't really, I don't want to really touch on his too much. Cause we all know that Brendan's you know, whole thing was coerced and then that's what, but that was what made it. His confession is what made Stephen Avery be able to be found guilty. Right. So we know that his, I'm well, personal, his thing. Was what we'll get into so, about Brendan though is, like a little is a fed. Well, we'll just say it now. A federal oh, court yes. has overturned his conviction. Yeah, they overturned his conviction. And at this point it has but now this, been another 10 years. The state court well, is, so. uh, the state court is basically keeps appealing that overturned right. conviction. Right. He's now <laughs> still, as we currently speak, still locked yeah. up sitting in prison but even though a federal judge has overturned his conviction Mm -hmm. and was absolutely floored at the how the entire case was Mm -hmm. looked at and perceived and handled from the get-go like any judge should not have let this happen like federal judge is po'd state keeps appealing it that's where we're at with brendan right now also i just kind of want to touch base about the blood vial <clears throat> that was from like another incident that had happened, mm-hmm. right? And wasn't it like opened and they like well, there, some of the yeah. blood was missing? So, so there is that, and and they're trying to find just these basic ones, even that they can go to somebody and say, okay, this is what what we can do for a mistrial, like or to overturn the you know post conviction appeal, basically mm-hmm. is what it's called, Brady violation, the Brady right. or it's like okay, yes, we've got that evidence tampering, we've got that the prosecution wasn't able to get. Um, uh, their own blood analysis expert to like, you know, testify again, you know, they weren't, they didn't have the resources and to do the that defense. Kind of yeah. And then she, but she also, I want to point out too, cause like she bought that same car. She yeah. has the exact same key fob, the key thing. They let the fabric key thing. And pretty much um, so played experiment. Same things. Yeah. So she goes in and she goes, well, the prosecution said that they threw her body in the back of here and her head rolled around back here. So they test that. They test like where his little blood They was. literally they took to a dummy sink. that they was Teresa's to... weight and was throwing it in the right. back of this car. They go to Stephen Avery's house. They look at, they pull apart his exact sink and test it because he claims that on the third, the night before the search party showed up the next day, um, the day she was reported missing, he actually happened to do that cut on his finger. So the day she was already reported missing, she's already been dead for three days. Mm-hmm. He cut his finger and it had dripped through like on the carpet and then into the bathroom and he hadn't cleaned it up. But when he woke up the next day and then they ended up having to go to the fucking cabin and were forced to go to the cabin and the search party was happening, his blood was cleaned up. So there's like this whole thing about the sink that the Stevens talked about. So they went and got his own sink and, and, and undid it yeah. and swabbed it. But they also swabbed the hood latch like... They, they did all the exact they same like things. how he yeah. had the cut on his finger the prosecution oh, prosecution yeah. alleged that happened finger. in the attack so they and went they okay the if we if he had a cut finger and did this he touches this he touches this he touches like, this this is where the prosecution it would be everywhere. no or or it would it just it, you, it would be or it's just not the swipe that's on the dashboard is like impossible to get with where the cut is. They said the prosecution alleged like, like the blood impossible. on the dashboard came from when he started the vehicle. Like they did it over. They did so they just do all these or different. Or how the fact that when they did it with the cut finger, the key wrong. had so much blood on it, but there was absolutely zero blood found on the key. Mm. Yeah, there's there's weird things where it also or the hood latch. Well, when he got he did get blood on the hood latch when he cut his finger, but when they swabbed the hood latch, not only was there sample on the 
swab, but it was also dirty. Well. The original swab was never dirty. And. Or some tests were completed without photographs. Kathleen's test didn't even prove that there was blood on the hood latch. They just know that it wasn't saliva and they haven't been able to prove that it was any other source of DNA yet. That's another crazy thing. But yeah. The, but the prosecution said it was blood. So, but they basically do the same test. They'll, yeah, they do. They do little ones to, to disprove the prosecution, or she, as in Kathleen says, to prove. I should be able to prove their case. If he is found guilty, I should be able to prove their case right off the bat. I should be able to go test this evidence and go, okay, I can see where the prosecution would get that. Oh, okay, I can do that. Oh, okay, see, you know, even though she already knows that Brendan's testimony was completely bullshit. She also feels like there's all so many other fucking suspects that could be anyways. Anybody on the property, any of her ex-boyfriends, her roommates. She even brought She's in a guy that did like... every single thing wrong though and it's dumb. What really got me was the... It's not a polygraph test, but like the brainwave like testing. Brainwave oh yeah, that one was really cool. Yes. She brought um, in some guy to do that with Stephen Avery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she also goes out to the property, goes back and visits the crime scene. This is where we find out about the dogs, Okay. So originally, when they're looking for Teresa's body and stuff after they found the car, they released the dogs, right? And the police said, oh, they went straight to, like, Avery's property. There's a burn pit. There's, like, another barrel. There's this, right? Granted, if everybody remembers right, her pelvic bone, part of it was found way out in the quarry is what it's called. That is the Avery's little tiny, tiny property, a huge-ass fucking quarry, and another guy's property on the other side of it. And her car was found from the edge of Avery's property to this quarry that goes to this other person's property, too, where there's roads that lead to everybody's fucking property. They found a guy that said there was headlights coming oh, on. So, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to get, well, so I was going to get to those sequences of that because she pulls this out and she goes, why? Because this is part of something that was never even talked about in the first, the first testimony. They went straight off of Brennan's testimony, Bobby Dassey saying when she got there, he saw her go in the trailer. And that is exactly how they've tried to prove this case. So she, but she, she, she literally annihilates them in every department. So the dogs actually tracked Teresa's scent, not her body, not decomposing body, her scent. Because they weren't cadaver dogs. They were scent dogs. From the other guy's property, basically, like where his trailer kind of was, where there's a back road that's a dead end to his house, all around, kind of around the quarry, right to about where her car was found, but not quite on the Avery's property, and around back into a circle. So it was almost like, she was running somehow, or maybe, maybe they're trying to, they're trying to say too, there was a dog that was about a a decomposing that also a hound dog that was able to track her. And they think maybe possibly she was in the back of a car being through a truck or she is being chased through this. And that is when she is shot in her head and then she is dismembered out there. And actually her body is starting to be because they end up finding the pelvic bone out there. And then even further out in the quarry, there is other bone fragments with cut mark like there. So anyways, but she goes one step further to the also go is proving where they found her body parts where, or she is where the prosecution was like, Oh no, it was just in his burn print. Oh, it was just here. No, realistically it was throughout everywhere mm-hmm. and then wound up her belongings and some bones in a barrel and her body parts in a fire pit. Well, not just that. So the prosecution also, I hate that word also alleged that the bullet fragment they found in the garage is probably the bullet fragment that killed her. uh, Yeah. Yeah, So they went out, she went out and took experiments on shooting bone with a 22. That's like the skull and proved everything proved that if that's how it went down, there would be bone fragments on the well, bullets. And there was no the bone fragments. Bullet. She has the yeah. actual bullet. It's wood fragments. There's no bone fragments on it. It's just wood fragments on the actual bullet that they claim killed Teresa Hallbach. She has that evidence. And she goes, she well, if that's the case, there'd be yeah. bone fragment on it. Yeah. And there's not. So she's proving all these things wrong. So basically what she's saying is on November 7th, or excuse me, it was the 5th. I always, I don't like you doing that. The boyfriend was the boyfriend, friend, the or the ex-boyfriend, and then her roommate. Everybody's on site. They're the ones that got her phone records. They're the ones that are on there. They're ones that can be suspect number one, right? And then they say that okay, they're on site. They have access to the site. The car is found. Now a few days later, the key is found. They're, they're so she's just kind of proving all these wrongs. So they're the first. She's saying they're the first suspects. And then she thinks that then the, the officers were able to take advantage of, I'll get to something in just a minute about the car, but once they were able to get the car in their hands, 
they were able to then frame Avery. They, that's where the cops kind of come in. Right. Where they were able to do it. Uh, granted, I still don't believe that. I still don't believe that. I believe that the cops were doing shoddy work and that they kind of knew what was going on, but I still believe it's somebody else that kind of did more of the moving of the car and then placing the key in the house when they had access to the property very easily throughout the night. So, but all of these things she's disproving. Um, also, the blood, like their, their prosecution, like the even the blood on the sink, right, that they're claiming they had blood droplets that... And that they say that they were analyzing blood droplets of Stevens. It was blood scrapings. It was scrapings yeah. of blood that have been tested, not like actual blood fluid. So that's like shoddy and but shitty what also, and weird. But also, too, what always what got me the whole time I'm watching it is the fact that she finds that everything that she can disprove was stuff that wasn't like photographed. Just everything. Like it normally would have been. The whole story itself, though, is... We're going to get into what I think and is what she ends up saying. So I'm going to go over in just a minute. Like, basically, Teresa's full day is what then Kathleen starts getting into and basically breaking it down, which you never hear about any of this from the prosecution. They never went any further. They went off of the boyfriend and roommate going off of her phone records that they got into. That they guessed her went. password. They never went through those phone records and pinged her before that and her stops before and her stops or wherever and her day planner. All of this shit that Kathleen finds and has. And I'll tell you about it, too. So... Yeah, so blood work's all weird. So, And here's here's the other thing about the car we've always talked about. Avery's blood apparently is only in the front. It's, like, wiped on the dashboard, and there's a couple droplets over on the passenger side, like, where you would adjust the seat. Mm-hmm. Only his blood. None Teresa's blood anywhere up front. Her blood is only found in the back seat on that floorboard, like, on the side of it where your head, it looks like hair. It looks like a swipey, like, probably where she was then shot in the head, probably placed in the back. And then um, it's smeared, you know, along the back. Mm-hmm. It's only her blood black there. Nobody else's blood. There is blood on the back of the hood latch, like on the back. Uh, so there's a, on the hood latch of the front of the car, but on the was there was some sort of DNA. But on the back, there's actually a blood smear that they've never been able to put against anybody, and it is not Stevens Avery's DNA. The license plate has a Mel's DNA on it. They are not able to pin. They're not able to put that towards anybody. But you guys got to realize they don't have anybody else's DNA. They don't have Bobby Dassey's. They don't have they don't have the other stepdad. They don't have the moms. They don't have any other family members. They don't have Chuck the uncle. Like they don't have anybody else's DNA because they never asked for it and never got it from anybody. Exactly. So they, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have to put it towards anybody else's DNA anyways. And they had so much so this is what also happened with the with the DNA at the very beginning, right? They went to Teresa's house and got a whole bunch of her belongings. One of the officers that was on site at the Avery's right during this investigation went to her house and collected evidence. Now all of this whole bunch of other evidence went directly to the police station was put in an evidence locker, her toothbrush, chapstick, deodorant, a hairbrush, and something else was kept, made it back to the Avery's property where then it was then repackaged before it went into evidence. (laughs) So that is how you're going to get her DNA quote unquote on random shit. That they're yeah, trying like, to claim. Like, there's a possibility. Sh- they didn't really find her DNA really anywhere, but there's a possibility of that's all you got to do is with the toothbrush, right? There was something that just she easy. claims they, they took her chapstick, so, swiped, swabbed so her chapstick, shit. and then swabbed something yeah. else and labeled it as something else so, entirely. This is when Brennan's released by this point. Well, the federal district court has now at this point overturned it, but then it's appealed, 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 and it's just not happening. So now we've moved on to like October 10th, 2016. Let's see. Oh, excuse me. No, I'm going back to Teresa's day. So, so this is what Teresa's day was all about. And Kathleen did six weeks prior to her death. She went over and did her schedule, right? Found her. This is the thing. Day planner. The day planner was with Teresa. Teresa had written in her day planner after she had already left Avery's property. They were able to prove this. She pulls over while she's on the phone with the secretary of auto trader schedules in another appointment for the tomorrow morning, November 1st in her day planner. And it's written in. Then another guy calls her on the phone an hour later. That's written in. And you know that she's still driving with her day planner, right? The day planner was found by the roommate at her house. (laughs) So that's another crazy thing, right? That Kathleen now has her hands on. So she's not only got her hands on the day planner where she knows where she's at. The day planner makes that she See, wrote this, in it after is, she spoke with so Avery I that things were pinned and left it in her car 
or or brought it and they were able to find it eventually because they found it as evidence they, it, the roommate is the one that found it and turned it in and said here's this and whatever so anyways that that one's kind of weird but i don't think that has to do with who killed her i don't i don't believe this is who killed her but i just think there's some shady crazy shit going on and it ended up working out in the police's favor and it was you know anyways so she so they basically did six weeks of like her previous and what she did and her pattern is pretty much all the same every day she goes to the same towns the same little cities takes pictures of all these things and her home's over here it's the same repetitive pattern for six weeks she's pretty much all in the same areas so they're also able to track down and able to prove that like she does hustle shots which hustle shots are you have somebody call you and say hey can you hurry and come take some photos you don't schedule it through Auto Trader. You don't call a secretary. You don't mark it, pays it down. twice as much. They don't know about it, Auto Trader, until you turn in your paperwork at the end of the night when you say, oh, look, I ended up doing t 10 hustle shots today. Mm -hmm. So she had already been setting up hustle shots. They knew that she did these way prior to her death. So they're also trying to say, who's to say that, like, Stephen Avery wouldn't call her for a hustle shot, which he has done. She's been to the, the Avery's place five other times to Avery's salvage yard, not just directly with him, but on their yard five other times before her death over the years. So she's been there. Mm -hmm. She knows him. She's given him her personal cell phone. And I know that the people it's like are her say, area. I know people are going to say, Oh, this is why this is why he stalked her. No, she felt comfortable. She would go down there. She felt comfortable with Stephen Avery. She felt comfortable with and his sister. That was what she went down there that last day was to take pictures of his van. Anyways. So she, she had done that. There's also another neighborhood, a neighbor that's down the way that has the same address on Avery Road that are called the Jandas or the Jandas or whatever. There's a history of the secretary taking and writing down a job for their house, but trying to claim that that was Avery's. And it's like, no, that was an actual family. That's not, they were trying to say that Stephen Avery called and made up a name to, to like throw them off and schedule an appointment somewhere else when it was really him that was stalking her. And it's like, no. That was a there real was family member, a guy that called in for his house that wanted them to come take pictures. Right. So they're proving all these things. So she's done a bunch of hustles. So her day started with at 1141 in the morning, she is driving. And this is when she is like making other appointments for the next day. So they know her day planners in the car with her. She's pulled over, made her first appointment. At 1244, she talks to the other guy. She makes another appointment for November 1st. So they know the day planners in the car. At about one something in the afternoon, this, the towers ping and she is on her way to the, um, to the Avery's. She has already done one job at, it's called the Schmidt's house. So she stopped at the Smith's house and took pictures. She stopped at the zipper's house and did pictures. And then she was on her way to the Avery's because she called Stephen Avery and told him, I'll be on my way to you. After, you know, I've met, left these places and after I've done these jobs and I should be there around the three, uh, uh, the 2.30-ish hour or whatever. So she's already called and left a voicemail. So she's left a voicemail with them. Again, why would Steven have this whole trail to him, this whole trace? They knew she was coming there. She, he scheduled an appointment for her to come out there. And then why would he kill her? Like, why would he know that, like, if she was the last person to be seen there? Like, anyways, we'll get into that too because everybody, there's witnesses about her leaving the property. So... She goes there. She gets there at like 2.20, right? She gets out. She literally talks to, to Stephen for a split second. She takes these photos like literally so fast. He pays her $40. Stephen sees her get in her car and leave as he turns around to walk back in the trailer. He gets in the shower, and obviously by the time he comes out, she's gone. But you remember who else left at this time, right? At 2.45, Bobby Dassey leaves the house to go hunting. And he would go out the same exact direction. Stephen said, I saw her driving straight out and she took a left, which is exactly where she would be going to go home because she also written in her planner that at three o'clock or three, three ish, she wanted to try to be back by her house so she could meet her mother. So she's got plans. She's got mm -hmm. shit. So this is where my brain went ding, 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 Bobby. It's you. Bobby and his stepdad or his dad have the something, something going on because he left to go hunting. And I'll also tell you why there's another reason for him. I was going to say there's another reason there's a why he's a really reason. good... So Bobby's also leaving at 2.45. Um, she's seen there, okay, right? So that is pretty much her day. There's still... There's witnesses saying that, you know, or he saw her leave. Bobby never saw her go into that trailer, and there is actual now Facebook. The family has talked, his mom and everybody, his stepdad, that said that he never he never saw her. He left when he she was still outside, which means she was about to get in her car. 
But see, that means that he left and he was already ahead of her when going in the exact same direction she did. And she was behind Bobby leaving. He was just going out to go hunting, which is literally you guys in the quarry. They go hunting back in there. They have a deer hut is what they call it over on the quarry in that property. <laughs> so bada bing, bada boom. I don't know. This is where that sold it for me. I heard this when she started talking about this and I'm like, well, I've always thought Bobby was it anyways. And that's just proving for me that he had something to do with it. And then, so we get into her car, you guys, really quick, because I don't want to get off topic. Oh, I do want to say, Ken Kratz, by the way, during, before Kathleen took his case, he had to resign. This is the main prosecutor that came up with the whole story about Brendan saying that he slit her throat and they did this and they did this. His whole, he's creepy. He has to resign because there is sexual harassment suits that come out against him. And all these other things about him being very inappropriate with his domestic abuse clients that he was over. And there's all these text messages and all this. And he turns out to be a fucking creep like we all knew. Oh, yeah. Mm. He's already resigned as prosecutor, yet he is still doing news. Like having the news come to him. He's going to every single court hearing, everything of Brendan. Yeah, he shows up to all the appeals and stuff. He's holding his own press conferences. He's not even a prosecutor anymore. He wrote a book. My, he's writing a book about it. My what mother, a fucking idiot. My mother met him at CrimeCon. This was the year after he had already resigned. He was still talking about it then because obviously he started talking about his book. And she's like, he is literally the most asshole creep show ever. So that is where, too, you see another part where this went wrong. He was able to make up a story as a prosecutor, which they're supposed to do, and that's, how they're, that's what they're supposed to do. But it's his own fucked-up version of what he would want to do to somebody, probably. And he was able to sell that. He went on the news. It went on the news you know, on the day that Brendan, quote-unquote, confessed and said, this is what he said he, that they did. And then it was for, out for the whole world at that point to think that this is how she was killed. And that's not even what happened to her. So she's just proving all that wrong. Anyway, so I want to say he's a piece of shit because he's the one that is just making the story keep coming alive and keep coming alive. He's holding news conferences and he's like, you guys remember what happened, right? You remember how he raped her, how he slit her throat. Like he just keeps bringing it up oh, yeah. over and over so you mm-hmm. don't forget. Um, so Kathleen's starting to put the case together. She's starting to find all these uh, things where she's got more suspects. There is things in the in the trial previously that, sh- you know, his in, all of it that should have been thrown out, right? She's basically getting her case together. Um, so I wanted to talk about the quarry again. So what, what we're round up to basically is she believes... Okay, so the car... Do you guys remember when we talked in the last episode, there was a brief little moment, it's going to be hard to remember, where Officer Andrew Colburn called in plates on a vehicle uh, yeah and asking. they asked him i'm taking oh, this right moment there. to tell you guys to please be quiet okay jimmy's coming in is he i just saw him is he sitting down the slope no i just saw him come around his car i swear to god he's gonna go jump the wall and come in through the garage oh, i just saw him right there uh, oh there he is <clears throat> Will you girls please chill? <coughs> We're almost done, okay? So they didn't. Uh, you're, you're fine. Good. We, we took a break. Yeah. We edit this out. We no, needed it that. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. I'm just kidding. I'm over. Sorry, Bruce. You're good. Okay. No, we needed to tell the kids to yes be quiet. Rosie. Betsy. Vulva. Charlene. Vulva. Vulva. <laughs> Areola. I decided to get a metal one so now we can take it apart. Yeah, dope. I need, to, I need to go look in there. In that store. Okay. Okay, I want to touch points real quick on the car before I just do a full recap and of what Kathleen ends up at the very end of the documentary basically saying happens and went down and what her version is. Yes, she did bring in the boyfriend and the ex for a while, but that was just to prove there could be other suspects. She doesn't think it was them. Um, But 
Andrew Colburn was an officer that not only was on Stevens Avery very first case, he also had a lot to do with this one and being on the property as part of Manitowoc County. He wasn't supposed to be. He was the one, one of the ones that was indicted. He made a phone call on November 3rd at running, asking them to run plates and tell them and, and tell them if, you know, what was going on with that vehicle. Basically just said, well, you run these plates. And she said, oh, that comes back to a missing persons. And she goes, the operator goes, you're talking about the Toyota RAV4, correct? And he goes, yes. And she goes, okay, have a good day. And he goes, okay, you too. That car, they have now had a witness come forward, a truck driver that grew up in Manitowoc County, lived there, truck drove all over the place, that was driving by earlier that day on November 3rd, or November 2nd, sorry, it was the day before, saw a RAV4, like a bluish greenish, um, off on the side of the highway, tucked in, the nose was tucked into the, the trees in the forest. And there's also a little guardrail that's right there too. And it was right off to the side of it. And he saw that. And it was the next day on the third that not only was the cop calling in that license plate and he was, there's no way that officer wasn't behind that car and was wondering why it was there. Realized that it was Teresa Hallbox at that time. At the same time, she's being reported missing. This truck driver goes into the gas station that's down the road and sees her, or no, sorry. November 2nd, he sees the car. November 3rd, the officer's calling it in, sees the license plate, sees the car. Um, uh, then the fourth is when they're doing the uh, missing persons posters on the, on the doors. That's when the truck driver goes in, sees the missing persons po poster, officer another officer happens to come in to the gas station he tells him about i saw that girl's vehicle it is up the street you know pulled over um he had also talked to somebody about that he had like called, anyways the basically the truck driver had called it in the officer himself had saw that vehicle on the third already knew about it called in the license plate that's where that weird phone call came from and they didn't know what that was about and then the truck driver also sees the missing persons video for our posters talks to another officer and says, Hey, I've seen that vehicle. I've already tried to talk to people about it. They obviously the vehicle's not there anymore because that's the day the fourth is when it's found at the Avery lot. So what, what, so, okay. So the car was found at one other point way off of the Avery road, way down over, um, her scent basically by the place where Bobby Dassey said he was oh, hunting, hunting slash yeah. Scott Taddick, his yes, stepdad, stepdad owns property across the street and then bought a brand new house that literally her car was found on technically the same acres and property of the new house they end up buying. Hmm. So there's, there's all these connections and they go hunting on there. They go hunting at the quarry. She, her last time her phone pinged was she went out and turned left around the Avery's, right? She goes out to what's called the cuss cuss road, which is around the backside of the curry, which you're going into this other purpose property. You're trying to go towards his house. It's a dead end. And her phone stopped. That's the last time her phone ever pinged. The dogs ping her body and everything, ping her around the quarry. There's body parts found in the quarry. But what I'm thinking is happening is that, so this, so that happens. I'm going to tell you what I think too in just a minute. So you got a witness saying that. Um, so this is what she says. Bobby leaves at 245 right behind Teresa, right? She's going to try to go home so that she can go to her mom's house. Something happened. Something's happened. Something happened to her car. Now, the car might have been damaged when either A, it was being moved on the property and they had to move the other cars out of the way to store her car. Or B, maybe something happens where they hit her car or they got kind of in a little fender bender. Even though and the prosecution think, claims the so, damage was there. So they think Bobby followed her. They think something happened. Now, I don't think Scott was there for it. I think he helped cover up. But Bobby, I think, and so do they, Followed her, somehow got to her, sexually assaulted her, because that's what his, I'll tell you that in just a minute. And then some sort of altercation hit her on the head a couple times, you know, on the ground. Because the dogs were spot, like went straight to the quarry to one spot where they detected her, where it seemed like maybe she was still alive. And they just detected her body, her scent, not her just decomposing body. She wasn't already dead yet. And they think maybe that's when she was hit and then she was thrown in the back of her own vehicle and maybe she was stored there even for the night or a couple days, you know, because she was killed on the 31st. So they think for a couple days and then they were able to get her body out of there, move the RAV4 off to the side of the road. Then the police are able to get their hands on it because they get the phone call from the truck driver and stuff and the cop also sees it. So then 
then I think this is where it gets mixed up. Bobby's already killed her and done something with her and has done stuff with her body, right? And is trying to then do whatever. The, and he can frame this on his own uncle because he knows what's going on already. The cops are now also able to find the car and the boyfriend and kind of have this in of like, we're going to move this vehicle, right? This is what they think. They think the cops ended up moving it. I think Bobby went and got a friend because there's a eyewitness account that has now come out as of July this year. A witness account says they saw Bobby and an, a gray-haired man with a very long beard pushing the RAV4 along the side of the property. Of the Avery Road. That's where lights were coming on. So Amanda had brought it up earlier, and I'm going back and forth. But basically, it was like the third, the, the third night when she was reported missing... Uh, Stephen Avery saw lights, saw tail lights, but his uncle on the other side of the property, Chuck, saw headlights. That's when they're thinking that this RAV4 is being pushed onto the property and done whatever. And um, even though Bobby then is ends up being home at that night and ends up going out with Stephen at some point to look for headlights, but it's like it's, it's convenient every single time. So there's also accounts of Bobby's younger brother. They never talk about this. They won't bring it up because he's a juvenile that claims Bobby never came home that night. He went hunting and never came home. They did not see him till the next morning is what his little brother claims. And remember if I said, remember what I said? Brennan's story never, ever, 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 ever changed. No matter how many times he told his story about being home at what time when he talked to his friends. The younger brothers all claim that Bobby never made it home. I don't know why Brennan's never been like more open to and been like, well, this is a thing. But I think, you know, they're just dumb. They're not going to say anything. It's not going to happen. So they think Bobby followed her. Something happened. He pushes the car on the property. They're able to frame it, but the cops also then see the opportunity to take the framing even further and be able to make it successful. Mm -hmm. The boyfriend, I believe, I don't believe the boyfriend ever had the key or anything. I think I think I think they knew that Stephen would have been looked at first. Yeah, Bobby had the key. The blood was on the sink the night of. Um, The Averys have to go to the hotel. They have to leave and go anyways or the cabin. There's all these things that happen right away. The cops do investigations, but during the middle of the night, why couldn't Bobby go and break into his house and drop that key on the floor? And then that on that eighth day, on the eighth, which was like the fourth day of investigating, they find it. I don't think the police, I don't think the police planted anything. I think it fucking worked out for Bobby because it did take longer to dispose of the body and the evidence and get rid of the car and everything. It took her, took them two seconds to murder her. It's kind of what Kathleen says. It took nothing to murder her, but then disposing of the body took days. And that's, he had days. He had days to do it. So I believe the same thing. I believe Bobby Dassey, because here's the other thing. There's a CD, there's a DVD taken off the computer from Bobby Dassey's house. From So Bobby, his younger brother, two younger brothers, Brennan. So there's four boys. All lived in that house. Scott was the stepdad, which was actually Brennan's stepdad, but Bobby's real dad. And then the mom, right, is the mom of all the boys, lived in that house. On their computer, they found so much porn and so much horrific torture and we're not just talking like regular porn we're talking like torturing murder porn and a lot of the girls in these pictures resembled yeah teresa it's all too much right so i think scott i think scott and they got another guy friend or whatever to help just i think scott came in at the end and like knew what happened but i think it was all bobby he got help from like some other random person moved that car on there they started disposing of her body, like break, like dismembering her and burning her out in the quarry and stuff. But then they were able to go move it to the fire pit because the timing is what is the best. He has a bonfire from 7 to 9 p.m. that night, right? On the August thir- on October 31st. After the bonfire, the fire is going out. It's out. You go throw that body on there. The barrel, you've already burned her in this barrel. The barrel was way off actually behind Bobby's even house. Yeah. The it's burn so barrels they found were behind Bobby's house. Real quick. It's so easy to go put her body parts on a burning fire that's already still burning that hasn't been put out yet. Like it's so easy to have access to that the whole rest of the night. And then for a couple more days, you have access of getting rid of that vehicle. I think they thought they were going to put it on the side of the road and it wasn't going to be a big deal. And then I think they panicked and went, wait, they're still going to be able to prove that like something else happened and that she didn't leave this house. So then Let's they put, put it, it on in the, the salvage yard. So he gets a, he gets an old man to help him push it on the property. And I think Scott just knew afterwards. I think the stepdad just known. And I think Bobby is a piece is just the creepo. And I think he, Teresa had been going to that property over and over again and came even for, you know what I said? He came for his mom anyways, like his sister, 
That's whose car she Bobby's was taking pictures of that day. It's whose car that she was taking pictures of. And I think he became obsessed with her. And I think he found the opportunity because he was following her out. He, got, he left the same time she did, followed her out, bada bing, bada boom. So that's what Kathleen is trying to prove right now. Now, we're now so many years later, right? So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. We're four years ahead now. She's still been trying to put in appeals. The newest evidence just came out in July where the witnesses saying they saw Bobby and this guy pushing the RAV4. Well, that and so she's going for in, a Brady they violation. Did, they did deny it, by the way. They did deny that. She put the, in for the new evidence of Bobby and this guy and the courts denied to hear it. They're trying to get a new evidential trial. They're trying to get an evidential trial and put in this new evidence and show it to a jury or to a judge. They can't quite get there. That we need a get. retrial they based a off this new evidence. Fact. Yes, and they can't quite get there. So that's that's where we're at. And Brennan is still technically overturned, but the appeals keep going through that he is still in as of right now and is not out of prison either. And um, Kathleen will, I think, she, I'll think she'll work it. I think it'll work. But they are gonna. I mean, they're gonna fight this. So if you look at the back end too. All of Manitowoc County, all of these like city councils, the governor, everybody, they're appointed by certain people. It's a small little town that can do, it's how it works. It's how it works. It's almost like the old wild west, right, is how I think about it. When you live in these other places where they've been around for so long or they are just smaller off the grid, people don't really, you know, care about you or know about you. It's not big America. They kind of just have their own Santa Clara technically could have that i don't think our officers you know I, I i think officers in general they're just doing a job so they're human beings some people are pieces of shit at it the pieces of shit people the pieces of shit at doing their job others aren't i think we've got good police i would say but the vibe and the smallness and the little bit about it to me could be very easy to be corrupt and there might be a little bit and very easily influenced by religion and very easily influenced by the the community and the culture around you oh, but for only sure. by certain people by money by only what, who you think. So they proved that in that, like everybody, the judges, everybody that was appointed was like very specific and all for Manitowoc. You know what I mean? It's like they didn't have a bunch of group of divisors, diverse people that grew up in other places that now live. You know, it just it, it just proves that that's really fucked up. And they got fucking lucky. They got lucky that he's trying to sue and they know that the, the whole family knows that the police officers because Here's the thing. They'd already been like well, trying to get Bobby him for the dumbest life, shit ever, Bobby pulling claims, him over for dumb things. Bobby and claims that his life was ruined when Stephen Avery got out and he put a lawsuit against Manitowoc County. And then that whole family said, even though like Stephen Avery's mom and dad don't claim it, but obviously his sister and all the nephews and everything claimed that their lives went to piece of shit because the then they were targeted for everything. So this is like Bobby getting back at him. He saw the opportunity. He saw her there. He's been wanting he to do it. He knew they were going to go after he him because of the lawsuit. Steven because he knows that lawsuit hadn't come through yet and bought it and it fucking worked. And then the police just got, they got so lucky. They got lucky that it just worked out in that favor. Um, but Bobby knew Bobby didn't plan necessarily, but I think he'd had this going in this fantasy and then it fucking worked for him. And why wouldn't it? It's, it's, it's a crime of opportunity, right? I think it's a little premeditated. That's what I think happened. Now, my mom was balls deep in this. Like she's like, I always talk about her being involved. She absolutely believes that Stephen Avery did it. She does not believe it's anything like the prosecution says. She thinks that maybe she went into his trailer and then something happened there but I, I try to bring it up with her. Like, well, why would the body parts be way out in the quarry? Like, did Steven, so you believe Steven went all the way out there and just dropped things off? And then, like, why wouldn't he just burn her whole body parts in right there in his backfire? You know, there's little things for me that I'm like, but she just believes that the prosecution didn't say it all right. They just want to tell their own story. But she believes he killed her. And I'm like, why don't you believe in, like, all these things? But, but does she believe that based up. off his prior guilty conviction that was overturned? Well, she just believes that, so she believes what the document, so the documentary originally was made making a murderer, like I said before, because they believe that him doing the 18 years for a crime he didn't commit turned him into a violent murderer. Hmm. And it made him, because the prosecutor also, cracks the motherfucker, put it out there from the very beginning that the day one that he was put in for prison, even though I know it was, it, that, and I'm so sorry that it was false, and that he was innocent. From that day, he started planning what he was going to do to somebody. So Ken, that Kratz guy even put it out there that he thinks as soon as he went in for prison, then in that 18 years he stewed and became a murderer. And when he got out, she came, crime of, you know, had an opportunity to kill her and then uh, live out his wildest fantasies. That is what the whole story is on their side. 
So my mom just gets wrapped up in that. She She's kind of, you know, she can get wrapped up in most of that because that is what everybody talks about and that is what a lot of people believe. These people that are doing this documentary that started doing the second one with Kathleen are looked at as conspiracy theorists. They literally go as far as people don't believe this shit. They believe that we're all, like, these people are all lying and pulling shit out of their ass. It's like, she's literally following the evidence as it goes and what she finds and who she finds and bought, like, she's literally telling the story. Now, do I believe that she has it a little bit wrong because she believes the police got their hands on the car. They're the ones that put the car on the property. They put his blood in there. They believe the cops then put the key on the ground. So they believe that the cops took the opportunity to then frame the rest of it. I just don't. So I don't know. I don't know what everybody, I mean, did they make him a murderer? Did he turn out to be a murderer? You know, but he had many opportunities to do it in the hidden. He could have done hustle photoshops. He could have fucking met her somewhere on somebody else's property if he really wanted to stalk her and He kill wouldn't her. have let them search his property. Yeah, like it was just all nonchalant. He's like, yeah, go ahead, come on. Oh, yeah, we'll go up to this cabin. Oh, yeah, shoot, my uncle's calling me saying he's seeing headlights. Oh, yeah, now they're on the property. Like, they never, they never really fought. I mean, the mom didn't even think about the nephew and even, I mean, they're dumb as fuck, but like they didn't even think a little bit about, like... Which, which gets me, because I'm like, you're in the middle of a lawsuit, your family is. Why would you not think that there's a huge possibility that even if you think Steven did it, because they probably do think he did, like, why would you even want to talk to police? Why would you even let your 16-year-old talk to him about anything? Anything to do with anything? Like, it, it blows my mind. They visited him at high school. They visited him no, at school. No, I get that. But the main interview was, like, the, the fourth one. The fourth interview was what they record and when they finally get his confession out. And that is the one where his mom was told and she said yes and she was waiting outside. She had no fucking clue, right? They didn't. I get that. But... For me, it's hard that that even was allowed to happen. I would have nothing to do with it. If my uncle was, like, suing the city and, like, my life was falling apart. But they just kind of did whatever. But anyways, that's what I think. Um, the CD, by the way, the DVD of the porn and stuff like that hasn't ever necessarily been put into play. But they do have that and it's kind of as, as evidence. But there's also a DNA on a CD case that was claimed to be in evidence that they have now got their hands on. But I haven't heard anything else about that. So that was supposed to be part of the other part of the evidence. Which We're still waiting. So COVID got, has put a big damper on a lot of things yeah. in the last year and, and a half. until she can put in evidence about Bobby Dassey and somebody says, okay, we're going to have a new evidence trial, A, Stephen can't be retried, and B, they would, they would at that point be able to then go to Bobby and say, I need your DNA. We're now going to investigate you. But until that stuff happens, she, they can't do anything. They can't go get Bobby's DNA. They can't go do this. They can't go do anything. Because what if those other male DNAs that they haven't been able to put against anything, what if it's Bobby's? Or, yeah. Which, I don't know if they'll eventually get into the genealogical testing, because now that's a thing. And yeah. I haven't thought about that. I don't know if she does that. I, don't, I mean, there haven't had any talk about that, but you'd wonder if the blood stains that were in the car, if they're able to do it off of, like, and get a genealogy profile to then match it or test it towards the other samples that weren't ever tested. Hmm. So you guys can watch that on Netflix. It's been out for obviously years. So uh, yeah, we're a little behind the game on this, that. But I love how you guys didn't really know because I thought everybody did. And I watched that documentary as soon as it came out. It was like huge like trend. Everybody was doing it. And then the number two, everybody was like, oh, conspiracy theorists. Like they're just trying to backpedal and tell lies. And it's like, this is a really good case. And it's kind of really hard to kind of come up with something. But it makes sense to me the way I say it. I'm like, why not? It's all very convenient. It's all very easy. And if you end up following through and you end up murdering somebody because your sexual desires are out of fucking control, then you do panic and you only have a, you have, you have to get rid of the body. You have to do whatever you can. And uh, he fortunate he was able to do that, I think. I mean, of course you're going to. You're going to panic. You're going to hurry and try to hide this and do this. But he just kind of had more opportunities, like like with having days to go by. And then she wasn't even reported missing for three days. And I think that's weird. But I think she was more of a private. She wasn't private because she had a lot of friends. But I don't think she felt like she needed to burden people with her schedule in her life. She yeah, was very like organized. it was her was work that finally reported so like her, her missing. Yeah, her roommates probably don't really give a shit about where she is or what she's doing. She's working. You know, they don't have a relationship with her at the moment. Her ex-boyfriend just was obsessed with her, but, like, she didn't have anything to do with him. She just worked, and that's what was her day. She was working on Halloween. She was already making appointments for the next day. Like, she had made appointments to go see her mom on Halloween. Like, it's like she's very organized and scheduled, very much so takes care of her shit. Yeah. And, unfortunately, somebody took advantage of her because of her consistency and all this stuff and them being really fucked up. 
And they are. They're really fucked up. And then that's a crime of opportunity at that point with a little bit of planning. And it just happens to be a crazier story that you also have a person that's related in your family that's going through something with the police department. <laughs> and it just works out that basically you can frame this person, it, it, which is it, which is what is crazier to me because... I think if he wasn't, I think if he wasn't able to move that car further enough on Avery's, well, I mean, if the lawsuit wasn't going on, I mean, the family was already looked at as white trash, but I think that they would have looked at the other quarry owner. They would have looked at this person. They would have looked at that. Like, I mean, they would have looked at everybody and it would have been like slandering of the whole family, but I think everybody would have been looked at Bobby and they would have been able to look at other things if that car was just a little bit further down or something, you know what I mean? It's crazy that they were, they just... So fixated. Yeah. But that is why they think, though, that the boyfriend and that Pam, her aunt, found the car. Because that's where they believe that the police found the car on the side of the road. And were able to be like, oh, okay, we know it's hers. Let's get it moved onto the property. And then we can let the family know about it. And then, then we can search can the on. property. But that and... can still happen with Bobby and them moving it on there. But the police being noted. You know what I mean? I, my my version is it could still happen. It could still be possible that they could still find out that it's on the property. You could have had an anonymous tip. You could have had. Um, there was the eyewitness that, that they did say ended up calling Scott Taddick after he had already told the police about the car being there. And then nobody realized that the cop had already called in about it. He said, I text Scott several times saying, hey, I think I have some fucking credible shit here that needs to be told to people. I need to talk to lawyers. I need to talk to somebody. But he was friends with Scott and that was never brought up. So, you know, nope. there's all, there could be just all kinds of little comment, like a little quick, quick phone call. Hey. The RAV4 is on the end of the property. Bada bing, bada boom. They send the search party there. The ant goes on there. It's it's found. So it's very capable in my eyes. And there is no physical fucking evidence, really, you guys, if you think about it. Maybe the blood, but you got to realize the DNA experts that were doing it in his original trial, they had everything tainted. They had um, they had his tooth. I mean, they had all kinds of things where they could have scraped a little DNA on there. Stephen Avery's was... Oh, that's what I was saying earlier that you had said, Amanda, about his... DNA and blood. So his DNA too was the only thing found on the key. Her DNA wasn't even found on her own key. Yeah. Only his DNA was found. That's odd. And a large ass amount of it. They actually tested another key. They had Kathleen hold the key for the few days. It's the one she's been using for the RAV4. They took it to the prison. They let uh, Stephen Avery hang on to it for 12 hours. He was holding it, playing with it. They tested on there. They found her DNA and his DNA but what the what the lab had reported is that they found 0.17, so 0.17, whatever. Yeah, with like very minimal okay. well, minuscule. Well, like there's... no, no, no. 0.17 is a lot, and that's why they found a shit ton. The prosecutor said they found a shit ton of DNA on there, but then Kathleen's test showed a 0. 0.017 of Avery's DNA on it. So I think that it was reported wrong. They removed the zero, and it made it look like. Stephen Avery had been playing with those fucking keys and had them in his hand and then went and dropped him, you know, or whatever, dropped him in his house or whatnot. And then it has his DNA all over it. So you can just see all these little things. As like of the lab two was weeks ago, up. as of two weeks, so about two and a half weeks ago, um, the state appeals court ruled against him again. Yeah. And that was with the new evidence they're trying to say that a witness came forward and saw Bobby and this older, older man pushing the car because that was a new set of evidence that came in she hurry and put that in and they already have uh, said no to it so the thing is she just said we will continue to look for evidence non-stop until we get it so hopefully but it is and and Stephen Avery's mom died uh when did she die I thought she died a couple years ago or, or 2019 it was right before his birthday so she's already gone I think his dad's still alive and stuff but yeah, crazy shit. Be good to know what everybody else kind of thinks. Um, I don't know. I think it's them. I think that's who did it, but everybody thinks I so much. I guess we'll see how it all unfolds. She died I July guess, 9th. I guess there's no other evidence to really be yet like, oh, yeah, okay, this. But it makes perfect sense. That's your hunting ground. That's this. That's that. You, you're a hunter. You could easily dismember a body. You could easily burn it. You could eat like all these things. Nobody's going to. 
Nobody called in any fires. The only fire that was talked about was on the Avery property, but it was also They already very determined small, that that bonfire couldn't person. have cremated and burned a person well, to the... Well, that's what I mean. So, the, but you could be out burning a body in the quarry and nobody said anything. Nobody ever saw it. It's done and over. Like, her body's already burned at that point, And then you just literally take fucking body parts or burn shit and put it places. Yep. It's easy to do. Easy to do, motherfuckers. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm getting too hyper about this. <laughs> I need to get moving on with my day. I just, it's just one of those where like, and I, I get the media and they made a documentary and it's blown up, but it's like, if this was just told from the basics, it, it, would it look still so doesn't make sense. This is another one of those where the media immediately blows it up. The prosecution is able to do whatever the fuck they want. Cause that is how it works. And every single one of these is the prosecutions can lie and say whatever they want about whatever. They don't have to have evidence about anything and they can say whatever they want. Defense attorneys need to have evidence. They need to have proof. They need to be able to prove this person didn't do it and somebody else did. And it sucks asshole that they can't just like, they can make up little lies, but they've still got to have other things in order for a jury to be like, Oh, okay. But a prosecution can just do whatever they want. And that guy is awful. Oh, he still is like a creepo he really fucking is. pervert Kratz. And he still has shit to say to this day because he will always go to every single hearing, every single appeal, every single thing that happens, he will still go to it and talk about it. And like and let's like, the media know beforehand that he's going to be there. Like how does that not affect things? Like how does that not affect like her going in and making a pill and the old prosecutor on the case being there having news conferences? Like that should even be against something. It's right. crazy to me. I don't know. If, is that freedom of speech? It shouldn't be. <laughs> right. So. All right, you guys. All right, well, guys. Have a good one. Yes. We'll Bye. talk to you next time. Peace.